la 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 Brooklyn only has one family and three the dynasty families. The rest of the world has one family. Merry Christmas! If you could see my face right now. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea. I have no idea what you're talking about. None. Yeah, like it's a, it's a Christmas. It's a Christmas miracle. Yay, guys, it's a Christmas miracle. This is on, and it was a Christmas miracle that happened tonight. Yes! Yes! Merry Christmas to one and all! Yes! 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 So, happy Christmas to you! How are you? Happy Christmas to you! I'm doing well, how are you? How was your Christmas? Eh? What do you mean, huh? Like, what, you didn't have any fun on your Christmas? Not really, no. Oh, that's that's bad. But at least we had rumpage to quell your sins to make you happy. Rumpage. So yeah, how did you like rumpage? I only like the one match. (laughs) Oh, that's sweet of you. So. Rumpage kicked off with a super injured Jungle Boy versus Mark Quinn. I didn't care, to be honest with you. The one thing I liked about this match, and like it's like very tiny, small, I mean, like extremely tiny, small, like little Mm -hmm. factor was. During a match, Jungle Boy like came off the ropes and drop kicked Quinn right in his like ankle and his lower femur, and he just like worked over that for the rest of the the night to get to the stair trap. And I was like, oh, that that actually was a good thing because it was like this small little thing, like small little detail that was like, Pew! and it was like, oh, that actually makes sense, like actual storytelling in the match. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like it was very well done. It, I was like, that makes sense. I like that. That's all leading up to the Jurassic Express versus Penta and Phoenix. We know where that's going. It's gonna be a tag match. Don't know when. Don't know where. Possibly battle the belts. Possibly, not a hundred percent sure, but possibly battle the belts. Okay. Yeah. So that was a thing. Then we had Miro raging war with God. On his birthday, of all things, on his birthday, he says, God, I will strike you down. I don't even know why you're so mad. You're not even on TV, fella. And also, it's your birthday. So your birthday and his birthday. So it's a battle to birthday. I don't know. What, what's what's the beef, fella? Maybe that's it. Because his birthday is on Jesus' birthday. And him and Jesus got beef. I guess that's it, right? That's his birthday beef. That's it. Like, I was totally fucked up when you said it's his birthday. Like, wait. God's birthday or his birthday? Which one? Both birthdays. <laughs> Jesus and Miro. They're not even even close as human beings. They're not even close. Not wow. even close. Like, one's 
a person who rose up three days later and died for all our sins, and the other one just doesn't even show up and bangs his hot wife. Okay? That's a thing. Yeah. So then it's time. Beat me if you can. Survive. I won't let you. Not if I let you. I won't let you. That's that's his catchphrase. Beat me if you can. Survive. I won't let you. That's it. That's I like that. Hook showed up. Fucked up big ass Bear Brunson. Fucked him up. I don't mean just a little bit. I mean he fucked him up. He took him down. He put him in a fucking leg move. It was like, all right. Like, he, he's pretty badass. Greetings from Asbury Park on him. He jumps right up. Close on the fucking shits out of Bear Bronson. Then he hits him with a task like He hits this big dude with a task like A fucking perfect, perfect. Like, I don't mean just a little bit. I mean completely fucking perfect task on this big dude. Overhead task And it's like, oh my God. What's the proper name for that one? I think it's the arm, like the arm, the head, and, the head and arm suplex. It's like yeah. it's like every time you see him, he gets better and better and better. And then he just did the Taz thing, which I always love. When Taz is getting you ready for the Kantahajime, just keeps hitting you with the forearms. It just fucking you up, just fucking you up, just fucking you up. And then he hits, then he puts you in the red room. That's right. I'm renaming it for him. I'm not gonna call it the Kantahajime. It's the Red Rum. It's, like he has took it. It's his. It's all hooks. More hook. More hook. That's all we need. Answer. So do we rename the Taz flexors into the hook flexors? Yes, we can name it the hook flex. Like I just said that, and I kind of like it my damn self. <laughs> yes, it's the hook flex. It's the hook flex. It's his hook flex. Cool. Like I listen, I know this is probably happening. I know this is definitely probably happening. But like I'm just a little bit I'm just a little bit sad that Taz is there with him every week. And I know somebody's like, the fuck do you mean? This is dead. No. I mean Hook is a very attractive guy. Very attractive body. He has all of the right qualities. He's just a sexy man. Mm-hmm. Hook slaying ass. He should be slaying ass every fucking night of the week. But his, he's with his dad. He's on a roll with his dad. So his dad is checking up with him all the time. So he doesn't get a chance to slay ass like he should. And that's, the old, that's my one sadness for him. Because it's like, you're in the prime of your life. Everybody is like literally just foaming for you. And like, you just literally should just be slamming ass every day. Like, seriously. And I know somebody out there is like, oh, why would you do that? Like, yeah, like you, you think that like, oh, you say weird shit when the woman shit with everybody it's just it's just us like he should be fuck. he should be fucking like i hope i hope he's out there fucking but like you're going on the road and like there, there's a ton of women in each town that just want to just lay at his feet just, just just i just hope that he gets his his shot to just become one of those guys what's the legend someone like, he has yeah. to be he has to be he has to be you can't look that good and just walk around and just not bang somebody. But I do know somebody that looks that good and just walks around and bangs nobody. 
But yeah, like it's fine. Like he should be banging somebody. <laughs> and also, Tony Nice was in the crowd. Like it looks like they're setting up Tony Nice versus Hook. But at the same time, who cares? Like seriously, like who cares? Like no matter who you throw in front of Hook, who gives a fuck? We're cheering Hook. No one yeah. cares. Like you could build this match up for years and be like, finally, is. Tony Nese versus Hook. Who gives a shit? We just want to see Hook wrestle. We don't give a fuck who he wrestles. He can beat the shit out of anybody. I don't care. I just want to see Hook wrestle. I don't care. I don't give a shit. (laughs) That's how I feel. No, you're right. Like, at this point, like, anybody in that roster, like, I'd be down to see uh, Hook fuck him up. Exactly. I'm I'm all for it. We are Hook stands. We're hookers. Yeah. Yeah. We're hookers. I'm, I'm, I'm in. Oh, okay. We, we go with that. <laughs> yeah, we're hookers. So, then we had legit Layla Hirsch, who we haven't seen in a gazillion years, versus Chris Statlander. The cool thing about this is, like, like, Code of Honor! Yay! Shook hands in the beginning. Then they had a match, and Chris Statlander, like, whooped her ass, and then... Chris is like, shake hands. Later, Chris is like, nah, fuck out of here, dude. Like, you beat me and made me submit. Fuck you. That's it. How dare you make me pet with my own hand? Yeah, right? How about (laughs) it? (laughs) So then we had Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara. So they're having this match. And the match is going. The match is going. And all of a sudden, crossroads. And one, two, Sammy kicks out. Okay, yeah. All right, the match is still going. Sammy hits. Too long, didn't read. And then Cody kicks out. And I know you people are like, that's not the name of his mood. I don't know his name of his mood, so I said it's too long, didn't read. The TLDR. Um, go, go to hell. Okay, the go to hell. But he hits that. Cody kicks out. So Cody goes for He starts fucking him up. He puts Sammy on the top rope. He's getting ready to do a back suplex. And Sammy knocks him down. And Sammy's like, I'm going to do this. 630. He gets up and goes for the 630. Cody puts up his knee. Cody's knees is up. And Sammy goes right into the knees. Then Cody just gets up. Crossroads. One. Crossroads too. Cross nope. He kicks him in the stomach. Folds the arms. And everybody's like, oh my god, he's gonna pedigree him. He lifts him up. Tiger drivers him right there. And everybody was like, he Yeah, he leaned right into it. He's 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 all into it. One, two, three, new champion. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like how do you like how do you feel about this? Honestly, how do you feel? Honest, like honest. I'm gonna add two minds with it because we had like I want to say like a 30 minute conversation on here where Sammy's fucking title reign was mid or like yes. even mid. Like it probably wasn't even mid. Like mm-hmm. I, I like I like Sammy, but I didn't like his title run. Right, but, but at the same time. You're giving this shit to 
Cody. And like I liked his title run, but it's Cody. Like, you know? Yeah. Like I don't know how to explain my thoughts on that too much, but you know I'm going that? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to give you my because like I have like I have a lot to say about this and I'm gonna go into like a little deep dive on something that like that I read somewhere where somebody was posting on social media and I like I happened to see and I just was like hmm like maybe you don't understand and once again like it's gonna like it's gonna go it's gonna go a lot of places but it's gonna mainly deal with Cody so the Sammy Guevara thing like his title reign was like meh because they didn't give him enough he didn't feel like a champion so like putting it on Cody feels like it's the right move to go with as to elevate the title but at the same time you're giving it to Cody Rhodes it's like he's just like unbearable so like everybody like like I said everybody has been brainwashed by certain journalists I know people are like well no we have our own minds yeah you do have your own minds but the thing is the cult following of journalists and the masses they listen and they understand and they go hmm well this guy says that this is what's going on and he knows the inside so I'm going with him they're not booing him for this reason and it's like you're not on the ground level and that's the thing with the disconnect between journalists and fans you're on this level looking outside you're not talking to the fans you don't know what the fans are doing you don't know what the the indie fans that are going to wrestling shows every week that are watching every fucking promotion talking about it and having fun and connecting with other fans and telling them how much they love this that and the third you don't have that connection you're the most disconnected by people on your message board that follow what you're saying to the T and are just cultists. It's like you have your own cult community that you have cultivated and it's like, oh my God, this is all I hear in my echo chamber of these people saying this, so I believe it. And it's what I said, so now they believe everything I say. That's not what should happen. You should have your own mind. And everybody out there who is listening, I please, I beg of you to have your own mind. I'm speaking my own mind and giving you a perspective of actual fans that's actually out here and know what's going on. So have your open mind. Just just do it. But to them, it's an echo chamber of just idiocy that just thinks that they know so much. And with that, it's like, oh, they're only booing Cody because it's cool. He's the new John Cena. That's not why we have been over this a million times. Is because he's unlikable as a person. Now, I've seen on social media, somebody brought up this show that was AEW Dark, where he teamed up with Fuego Del Sol, and he was under a mask. And, uh, like, people were cheering. Yes, they were cheering. And the person goes... Cody's playing the fans and they're so moronic because they said he couldn't wrestle but once he puts on a mask you can tell that that was him and they were cheering him because they really do want to cheer Cody but it's just because they want to be cool and boo Cody I watched that match I watched that dark match because I wanted to see because they were like hey Cody's going to be under a mask this is what happened I wanted to see how he looked under the mask and how, if anybody could tell. And if you watch it back, people were booing him. People were booing him. But they were cheering Fuego del Sol and cheering a win. And it's like, 
Oh, okay. Well, they still like Fuego del Sol. And it's like, you are you paying attention? It was more Fuego del Sol than just Cody. Yeah. But of course, this person is like, oh, it's just, I love Cody, so everybody else loves Cody. There's no reason to boo Cody. It's like, what, like I don't think you understand what's going on. Like, it's this thing. And I have a female friend that, like, I talked to. We went to the movies again, and we had this conversation about Cody, and she's a diehard Cody fan because she's a diehard AEW fan. And she's like, well, I like Cody because he's a good wrestler, and, like, he does, he does good things and promotes things. And I'm like, do you understand why he gets the backlash he does. Do you understand this? And she's like, well, I you should separate the art from the artist. Granted, that could be a thing for some people to separate the art from the artist, but when your art bleeds into your artistry too much where there's no separation, even the much as you try to pull it apart, it starts to get muddy where you just go, fuck trying to pull it apart. I'm just going to leave it here and say, fuck it. Cause it's just yeah. that easy, and that's what type of person he is. It's like I have all of this stuff I do on the outside that's supposed to stay on the outside, but I'm gonna bleed it into my wrestling character and make it unlikable. And the people that's booing him have a right to boo him because they don't like something about him. Fine. And for all you people that's like it's the cool thing, it's not. No one wants to just go boo this guy because he's so cool. There's nothing about him. He's bland as fucking mustard. He's bland as fucking mustard. And mustard isn't even bland. I, that was a wrong choice. I was going to say mayo, but I like mayo. I know that <laughs> I'm black. I like mayo. That is weird as fuck. Yeah, I like mayo. Fuck you. It's weird. <laughs> but it's just... He's bland as a piece of white paper. That's it. He's bland as a piece of white paper. And you're looking at it and you're like... He has, he can wrestle. Yes, granted, his character bland as white paper. It's like you don't understand. Like he's not like just some person that's like, oh my god, I love all of Cody's matches. I love the way he is in the ring. And I know somebody's like, oh well, you don't get technical wrestling. I've spent years watching Randy Orton and going, oh my god, Randy Orton. It's so goddamn boring. Randy Orton is so goddamn this. But every time Randy Orton stepped in that fucking ring, I was like, he has great matches, but he's just so goddamn boring. That's what I felt about Randy Orton. I'm looking at Cody Rhodes and I'm going, you're not a Randy Orton type of person where you're just so goddamn boring, but your matches are great. It's like, you're so goddamn boring and your matches are boring. Like, you're not dragging me into this. You're not making me feel like, oh my God, like, this is so awesome. It's just fucking boring. Like, it's something about him that turns me off. And then, like, with his ego and everything about him, it just makes me go, yeah, yuck. And I understand why people go, yuck. I don't under, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell people, like, oh, you don't like Cody Rhodes. You can love him all you want, cheer him all you want to. I'm just telling you, as for me, it's too much to just like him. He's a horrible person. He's not great in the ring. And there's everybody on that roster better than him. Don't understand why why this is a conversation. But hey, if you guys want to be fans of Cody, be fans of Cody. And remember, nobody's just booing him because he's cool. 
boom because he's a piece of shit. So, there. I guarantee in that Fuego match, if it were just him and not Fuego and he was still under the mask, he would get booed like a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. And people, like, it's like people are really trying to move the goalposts on this conversation. And it's like, you're not understanding what's going on. And I'm just really, I'm really not getting what people are just getting to. So, we're about to go into WWE. But, like, there was an article. There's an article that was posted. And somebody is just like, they totally disputed this argument. They totally disputed this argument and just, like, shut it down because, like, that's what they do. But the argument was somebody had wrote an article and the article said AEW is more Caucasian and more Caucasian fans than WWE. WWE has more black and Latinos fans. And it's like, and the person was like, that's not real. This guy's a fucking troll. This is bullshit. And I'm sitting there going, you know, it's your bullshit for saying that because WWE presents, like I've said this before, they present representation on television and shovel it down your throat to the point where you're like, this isn't different. It's just fucking normal. And it's to the point where it's so normal that the people that's arguing against it don't even realize how normal it is. Because you're so normalized to seeing Black and Latinos on WWE that when you're arguing against the point of, oh, it's more Black and Latino fans that love WWE over AEW, you're arguing it from a perspective of just wrestling. You're not even arguing it from the point of actually seeing black and brown people on television every week because it's so normalized in your brain that you're like, oh, it's just because the wrestling's better on AEW. They're just trying to move the goalposts. And you're just, you're like, you're throwing it away just like, because it's so normalized because WWE has normalized it so much to see these people on television every week in big roles and championships and stuff, you're seeing the black and brown people on television every week and it's getting to you to the point where it's like, it's been shoveled down so much that it's normal. That when you hear this conversation, you don't even realize it's here because it's so normal. And it's just like, okay, I understand that and like, it's a good and bad thing because you're not seeing it because it's so normalized. But the bad part is you still don't understand that it's actually a thing. So people are understanding and like they still have their biases, but it's just, you got to understand representation matters. And if I see more of me on one show, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to this show because they actually care about me and put me on a show. I go to the other show. I'm like, I'm watching it because it's wrestling. It's really good, but I don't see a lot of me over here. This, this other show, even though it's shit, it has me there. Yeah. Like people that look like me there, people that look like you there, they, they they're there on WWE. It's like, huh? Well, they're there. You go to the other channel, you're like, oh, it's quite white over here. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good storytelling. Yeah, we watch it every week. Yeah, we're entertained. Also, I don't see me over there. I don't see anybody that looks like me over there. 
I don't see anybody. The normalized comment, right? Mm-hmm. Me and you had many conversations. We'll talk about such and such. And then like, I'd be like, oh shit, he is Latina or she is Latina. Like, it's so normal. Like, I'll, I'll forget like a split second. <laughs> yeah, and it's so, like, it's so crazy that it's so normalized that like people don't understand. Like when they argue against it, you don't even realize it because it's shoved down your throat so much that you're like, you're talking about it's like yeah. you do realize the WWE champion is black, right? Mm-hmm. Wait, this Big E, yeah, this is Big E, yeah, like you just said, it's just Big E. You just totally dismissed his race because it's normal to you because he's just another black guy. And you're like, oh, this is Big E. You're like, yeah, think about that a little bit. Oh wait, it's Big E. Big E's black. Oh shit, I did, totally threw threw me off. Yeah, and it's, it's just so normalized to people that like when they say it, it's like, ah, whatever, because it's so ingrained in your in your mindset already. You've seen these guys, you've seen the New Day, you've seen Bob Lash, you've seen the Usos, you've seen like Punishment Martinez, Zelina Vega, you've seen all of these people just constantly, 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 constantly in your face that you're like, when you talk about it, you're like, oh, I don't understand, like. It's just people making up an argument. It's like, no, we like to see us on TV. And that's why a lot of a lot of younger kids have went to NXT and started going, yo, I like NXT. I see a lot of representation here. And it's been like, when we're talking about wrestling, like I said, with a lot of my friends, they're like, hey, it's a lot of us over here and we see it. I don't see it over there. It's representation matters. And like when... You dismiss it so easily because you can't see it. It just means that, like, it's been in your face for so long that, like, you don't get it. You're just, like, the dominant group that doesn't understand the plight of the marginalized group when they're saying, yo, it matters. But we see you every week, so it doesn't really, like, it's not a real thing. It's like, yeah, because you're so normalized as seeing us, it doesn't matter to you. It matters to us that we keep seeing us in big roles over here. Mm-hmm. It's just that easy. But I like I like turned off half of the audience because they're like, I didn't come here for fucking politics. Came here for fucking wrestling. Yeah, I understand you came here for fucking wrestling. So I'm gonna give you fucking wrestling. So back to SmackDown. It kicked off with Charlotte Flair and Tony Storm. How how, how did you like this match? The match? Good. That ending? What the fuck? Yeah, because... Fucking shit, man. Like, I knew that Charlotte beat Tony. I'm like, alright, she beats Tony. Fine. We're like, alright, it's gonna be some fuck finish. Charlotte's gonna beat Tony. Fuck finish, right? Yeah, it's gonna be that... One, two, three, clean in the ring in a roll-up. What? You... What? It's a roll-up win straight in the middle of the ring? What? Tony didn't even have... It wasn't nothing to even suggest that Tony sucked. Like, it's like, okay, there's no win here. Like, she lost. It's the most baffling, disappointing thing in the world. Like at this point, you could argue the fact that Tony doesn't even like uh, um, 
need a fucking rematch. You know what I mean? Like, she's out. She doesn't. And, like, once again, like, this this goes back to my fucking love of wrestling and just... I've known Tony Storm since 20 fucking 14 or 13. With one of them, too. And I've been watching her her whole entire career, watching her from stardom to the fucking indies in the UK, watching her blow the fuck up. And it's like, I'm a huge fan of hers and I will always be. And to watch her lose like this is disappointing to me because it's like, she deserves so much better. In ring, she's one of the best. And it's like, she deserves so much better. Like, she just should have got a title shot. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. I, I don't know where this is going. I, I don't know where this is going. I know somebody out there is probably like, trust the process. Trust the process. It's got to it's gotta go. No, there's no trust in this process. <laughs> Man. Hopefully, like, it goes somewhere good, though. I doubt it, but hopefully. I want them to go to day one, because that should be the match. That should be the move. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know it probably won't be because Tony doesn't have no actual win there. She doesn't have any right to go. I want a title match. The only thing that it would be like Charlotte going, "Oh, I'll give you a title match because I know I can beat you." It's like that's stupid. Like it's just so stupid. And then she'll probably Tony will probably win the title or probably not. But it's like. It's just so... They just mess up so bad sometimes. That's the only way you can get the rematch at that point. Mm-hmm. So then we had Samuel Zane win the 12 Days of Christmas gauntlet. He beat Ricochet to become number one contender for Shinsuke Nakamura. Intercontinental title at day one. Thank God. <laughs> yes. Hopefully, Sammy wins. Like, mm-hmm. I will. I will never not be a Sammy fan. Sammy's like really awesome. I love Sammy. Like, and I know somebody's like, "What do you mean?" I love Sammy as a wrestler, but I love him more as a human being. Sammy is like a really good human being, and I love him a lot. Yes, he's a great human. So I want, yeah, I want him to win that IC title, and like everything. I'm like, I'm all for it. He would be a two-time champion at at that point, right? Three times, three times technically, three times technically. Okay. Because remember, like he was Intercontinental Champion, they had to strip him. Then he won the title back. So this would be a technical three times. Okay. So it'd be a technical three time. By the so, way, I like Shinsuke, but like, yeah. Time yeah, time like, that Intercontinental title run was garbage. Like, his mm-hmm. title run was worse than Sammy Guevara's. Like, yeah. some worse. Like, a, a gazillion times worse than Guevara. Like, Sammy this, defended his title. <laughs> exactly. Like, the last time you seen him defend, like, him as Shinsuke Nakamura defend his title we don't even remember all he was doing was in tag matches for the last seven years yes and it's just like 
Jeez, it's gotta, it's gotta stop. So I'll be glad when he loses the title. Nothing against Nakamura. I love Nakamura. It's just you gotta lose that title, pal, because you're doing nothing with it. Yeah. Hopefully, when Sammy gets it, though, mm-hmm. they'll treat the fucking run better and have him defend it here and there. Yes. I would love that. Yeah. So then we have Paul Heyman talking about how he got fired and he don't know what's next. And he they do this whole entire video package. And it was really funny because they did this video package about how he went through ECW, how he was in WCW, managed the head shrinkers, how he did all of this. And then it goes into like he disappeared and then he came back with Brock Lesnar. And then it shows like the whole entire Brock Lesnar saga. And it's like the way that it showed is like it makes you think like, okay, yeah, he's Brock's boy. Like he should be with Brock. It, and this was done so masterfully because it felt like, oh, this match is just, I mean, this thing is just, oh, Paul Heyman's done. He's done. There's no more Paul Heyman. He's out of here. It's over. Paul Heyman's done. But it's like the subtle thread throughout the whole entire thing was, hey, he's Brock's boy. So he's probably going to show up with Brock. And it's just like, it is like subtle tease of the Brock thing. And it's like, eh, well, I mean, yeah, that, that seems like the right thing to do. Yeah. And like, I don't, I don't know, man, but I just, I don't want it to go to WrestleMania because I feel like that'll be super dumb and super long. Because if they do it right and do it at day one, you do a little turn or whatever, and then come right back at Royal Rumble with this with a stipulation match, and they defend the title, and it's huge. And then like you end it, it would be perfect. Like this is what they should do. They should have they should have this match. Brock is screwed over. Brock is screwed over again. Then he's like, no, we're going to have a match. All right, at Royal Rumble, you're going to have that match. They had the match at Royal Rumble. Match whatever they add a stipulation, whatever, whatever, fine. After the match, Roman wins. Drew, after winning the Royal Rumble, comes out. Claymore kicks the shit out of Roman. And that sets up Royal Rumble. And I know people are like, what made you think about that? What made you think about that? The trick-or-treat Christmas street fight. I don't know what it's called, actually. Because <laughs> it was the Usos and Mad Crap Mars versus the New Day and Drew Nick Entry. And I know you're like, well, how did you get those two things? Because the end of the show, who was standing tall? Drew. Drew. Drew was the one who got the win. Drew standing tall at the end of a Christmas show, which is usually like, I know people are like, oh, it's like a little dumb show. It doesn't matter. It's a Christmas show. And a Christmas show is like basically like a go-home show for like nothing, but it's like a go-home show, period. And it's a Christmas show. And like, so in New Japan, the last day of the three-day shows that they do right before they go on break to go to Russell Kingdom, which is like the 21st, the 22nd, 23rd, sometimes the 24th, sometimes rarely the 24th. But when they do it, at the end of the show, the champion closes the show, and snow is falling down on him, so you're like, 
I know who the champion is. I know who the person is to look forward to something next year. I know who that guy is. And that always happens. So when this Christmas show goes off, it's always the biggest face of the company is the one who is standing tall at the end. And the biggest face with throwing stuff out with the New Day is Drew McIntyre. And people are cheering for Drew. And it's like, you're seeing him as a face. And it's like, they're not doing that and just subtly just doing it. They're doing that because they're showing you. They're positioning you and basically going, hmm, you see this? You see this? You, you see what's going on? And the last shot that they showed at the end of that night was like, you see how they're framing this? You see? We're trying to tell you that Drew is going to be a major player. It's like, okay. Like the whole subconscious thing. Yeah. And a lot of people, like, they always fail at that part. They're like, eh, well, we don't get it. And, like, I've said that many times in AEW, and I said it here. And it's like, you look in the visual cues that they give you, they literally tell you what's coming next, and they try to prepare you. Just like I said when Double or Nothing happened, and I told you, these are going to be the champions in the future. They're preparing you by having everybody out here around that belt to make you think, huh, huh, this is a thing. Yeah. And that's just what this Drew thing is. It's like, this is to make you subconsciously start to think, Drew, 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 Drew. And like I said, I probably, I'm not going to say betting money, but I'm probably going to guess that Drew is winning the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I, I could see that. If he's not winning the Royal Rumble and they go, they do go in that direction of Brock versus Roman, which I don't think they should do and it wouldn't be beneficial for them because I've I've talked to some friends who are wrestling fans and I was like, yo, I am kind of burnt out on like the back and back Brock and Roman thing. It's like, yeah, I understand. I am too. So it's like, yeah, let's move on to something bigger. Let's go over here to Drew. Yeah, Drew at this point is the better idea. Yeah, because it's like... People get tired of it. Yeah, and like, if you remember at Survivor Series, I even said it at Survivor Series two years ago. I said, that match was good in front of no fans. And the ending of it Drew got cheated. So, yeah. It makes sense for them to have another match. They should have another match. And at that point, I was already pushing for Drew to win the Royal Rumble and then go against Roman. And we have the rematch. I was like, yeah, that should happen. That should happen. But because they held it off and did it the right way and made us wait, forget, salivate, and think about it, it was like, huh. We totally forgot about that. Yeah. And, and another thing. No, go ahead. No, no. So I'm going to ask, at that point, like, didn't they do something where Drew couldn't get another, like, title shot? So he kind of sort of had to go against um, Roman? Like, that was the idea we were having? Yeah, that was, a, that was another thing that they did on top of that. Drew, on, remember, on that show, on Raw... He couldn't get the WWE title match 
he we was done. He was all out. He couldn't get anymore. So he had to go on the other show to get a title match. It's like, this is what you have to do over here to get a title match. So it was like these things kept happening. And then also, you seen on this thing where they took him out of two, they took him out of two WWE Universal title things. It was like, nah, you're done. You're done. You can't have this match. And it kept doing it. And it kept doing it. And it kept doing it. And it's just like, you keep seeing him get pushed farther away, farther away, to the point where it's like, I have to get my title shot because I deserve it, but I have to get it in some kind of way. And I wouldn't even be mad if they took him to Royal Rumble, he loses at Royal Rumble, and everybody's like, oh, well, that's wrong. He's never getting a title shot. But then he goes to the Elimination Chamber and is like, pow, kicked everybody in the head. I'm getting my title shot. There's nothing anybody can do. And I'm taking Roman's ass out. You know what I want to happen in Elimination Chamber now that you said that? Mm-hmm. He loses the Royal Rumble, goes to Elimination Chamber, but like it'll be like Edge, where like he wasn't supposed to be in, in that second one. Mm-hmm. And he just takes someone out and just goes in it. Yeah, no, I'm like, I'm definitely. I'm definitely with any way of him getting into that match and him just being in that match. Yeah. Because he needs to be there and that's all that matters. And I know like people are like, well, the Brock match is if you have it so much and you get burnt out on it, you don't want it. Like that's that's like eating chicken nuggets every day. People who eat chicken nuggets every day are going to get fucking horribly angry at themselves gonna be like oh man I gotta get chicken nuggets oh man you're eating chicken nuggets every day it sucks it sucks change your palate eat something different and then when you get something different when you get pizza you're like oh my god I forgot what pizza tastes like pizza tastes great that's what this is you're gonna get keep getting chicken nuggets when you wanna eat pizza and then you get pizza and you're gonna be like oh my god pizza is great that's what's gonna happen Ironically enough, I recently went through it the better way around. Like, I had a bunch of pizza and, like, went to chicken. <laughs> so, See, that's... You know, that, that analogy is, like, 100% spot on. Yeah, that's Brock and Roman. It's the same thing over and over and over again. You need something different. Something that's going to that's gonna get your taste buds tingling and make you go, yummy. And that's... That's where we're at. That's where That's where we're at. But that's how we're predicting this. We do have another show next week. It's going to be a one-show week next week because we're only going to be able to do Raw, NXT, and Dynamite because the next time you hear us after that will be day one, will be the first time in 2022 because we'll be covering day one and Rampage. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Any last notes that you have before we end the show? Merry Christmas. And Feliz Navidad to my Latinos out there. Okay, and all I can say is hasta la bye-bye.